What's going on, Canes fans? Peter Ariz here, bringing you another edition of the Canes Insight Podcast. Very special guest today joining the show. As we're getting into Canes baseball season here, nice 3-0 start to the season against the New Jersey Institute of Technology over the weekend. And we have the pitching coach, Laz Gutierrez, coming on the show today. Really in-depth interview with him, went almost 45-plus minutes Talked a lot about his journey in baseball, has coached at every level, high school level, collegiate level, professionals, you know, was with the Red Sox for a number of years, was a part of three different World Series titles there in different roles. So his unique experience across the game has led him to this point. Back home where he played at Miami with JD, a good friend of his, a guy that he has considered a mentor in his career. So Really good conversation with him that we'll get into in just a moment. Before that, wanted to remind you all that this episode of Kane's Insight Podcast is brought to you by Sala Astorita and Cox LLC, a boutique law firm focusing on securities regulatory matters, broker dealer and investment advisor regulation, white collar criminal defense, complex commercial litigation, and securities arbitration and litigation. The firm aggressively represents clients throughout the nation. Their lawyers have over 100 years of collective experience handling securities and white-collar criminal matters, including investigations, regulatory proceedings, and enforcement actions in federal, state, and administrative courts. Contact them now at 561-989-9080 or visit salalaw.com. Up next, Laz Gutierrez, pitching coach, at the University of Miami. All right, Canes fans, very special guest joining the Canes Insight podcast today. Really appreciate him taking his time out of his day as the season just got started last week and about to get into the thick of things here for Canes baseball. Laz Gutierrez, the pitching and mental skills coach at the University of Miami, a new member to this Canes baseball staff coach Gutierrez man appreciate you joining the show today how are you feeling I'm doing well it's an honor I appreciate uh I, I appreciate the invite yeah man so just when we were talking before the interview here what wanted to get the, the fans to get to know you a little bit obviously you have such a unique background very diverse background you've pretty much been at every level right when it comes to the game of baseball high school level the collegiate level, the major league level. You've had a chance to work in the minor leagues as well. How has all of that led you to prepare you for this you know, opportunity right here back home at the University of Miami? You're, you're a cane yourself, played at Miami under Jim Morris. So how have your experiences in the game led you to this spot right here? You know, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's been an amazing journey. I think every step – along the way every chapter on this journey has helped me you know even going back to to you know my first gig right once i got done playing i i wanted to coach college baseball that was my dream um and i just couldn't find a full-time job and you know after playing you know several years of minor league baseball you know it was adulthood now and (laughs) and i had to work for a living right so um I became a 12th grade American government teacher and and baseball coach at Coral Gables High School. And I remember in the morning, you know, asking myself, what am I doing? You know, I had several educators in my family, including my wife. And 
you know, teaching wasn't something that I wanted to do at that point in time. I wasn't even an education major. And, uh, but that was my only chance of being able to coach and have a full-time job. And, uh, I'll tell you what, that laid the foundation to, to every step after that. Right. I, I was lucky enough to become head coach there and, and coach three big leaguers, um, you know, three guys that end up playing at the University of Miami as well, you know, with with Yonder Alonso, Eddie Rodriguez, um, Ben Vasquez that, that ended up doing some catching at the University of Miami. And, you know, my other big leaguer was was Jonathan Diaz that ended up going to NC State and, and doing a great job there at, at shortstop. Uh but that laid the foundation, right? It allowed me to to understand how to be organized, how to deal with difficult situations, and and deal with parents. Um, and and from there, I went to Barry University, where I was the recruiting coordinator and and pitching coach. And you know, that was the only gig I could get at the time. And that was with Coach Morris calling on my behalf, and I couldn't even get an interview. And uh, Crazy enough, during my second season uh, at Barry, you know, I get this call from from this number, and it was the scouting director for for the Blue Jays, and he said, you know, we have an opening down there. We would love for for you to discuss this job with us. You would be the Florida area scout, and I found it weird because I had never thought about pro ball working in pro ball. wasn't you know something that I was aiming to do and i've never spoken to anyone in the blue jays organization and um you know i get to barry because i was still working at coral gables high school as a teacher and and coaching at barry and i put my stuff in the locker i go out practice and i have this missed call uh from this gentleman that coached me when i was in summer ball you know when i was playing summer ball in the valley uh, and he was a young assistant coach for Wake Forest. And at this point in time now, he's 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 a top scout for the Red Sox. And he, I have a missed call from him. So I think, hey, I, 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 the Blue Jays got my name from from Mike Rickard is his name. And, and it, you know, I tell him, hey, Mike, thank you for the recommendation. I, I get this call from the Blue Jays. He goes, Laz, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we have an opening down there and I want you for this job. And so that was a Wednesday, uh, fall of 2006. And then the next day I'm in the middle of class and I'm talking to this executive from the Red Sox. And, um, you know, there I start my Red Sox journey. And, and like you said, Peter, I was, I was a scout. And that allowed me to view the game in a completely different manner that I had never thought about. Um, how to identify, not only identify talent, because you got to identify talent as a coach and as a college recruiter but now be able to project and so not focus solely on on performance outcomes and the numbers but hey what does this guy's tools regardless of how he's performing now what do these tools look like four years down the road um and again very lucky right off the bat i get to my first draft pick is anthony rizzo uh my second draft pick is yasmani grandal obviously um Anthony signs. Yasmani laughs at me when I offer him half a million dollars. He goes to the University of Miami, and I, I guess it worked out for for Yasmani because he signed for four million coming out of Miami. And 
And so I do that along the way at the same time. I'm a minor league pitching coach, you know, so I get my fix on the field. Uh, and then I become coordinator of player development. So, you know, I'm over helping oversee the the minor league uh, minor league philosophy to development and helping integrate that. And 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 at that point is when mental skills becomes a, a one of my main tasks. And you know, Ben Sherrington at that time is our our general manager, and you know he wants to take this to the other level and. You know, I'm I'm asked to help put an entire department together and hire mental skills coaches and 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 create a, a network of mental health providers, right? Because it's you know, people get confused. People think mental skills and mental health are the same thing, but in reality, they're two different things, right? Yeah. You know, mental skills is performance psychology, and we focus on fundamentals that that make guys perform better or at least optimize their performance level where mental health, you know, we're, we're dealing with some type of, of mental issue that, that is preventing these guys to enjoy their lives. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I think the work we did there as a staff uh, probably is the one that I appreciate the most because we, we helped so many guys, right. Mm -hmm. And then whether directly or indirectly uh, you know, if you looked at the mental health cases, in sports, they do not align with the population, right? You know, the population has X amount, but yet in sports, at least in professional baseball, it was only a fraction of that. And that just didn't make sense. But as soon as we started doing mental skills where, you know, mental skills was was seen as any other fundamental, just like hitting and, and, and pitching and defense, well, guys then were open to talk also about mental health and, and you know, that to me was very impactful. You know, the last five and a half years I spent with the big club doing that and, and lucky enough to to be part of three world titles, right? The first two, 2007 as a scout, so not too close to it, right? Indirectly involved and 2013 working with our minor league guys, so more of a direct contact. And then the last one, 2018, you know, being being directly involved and seeing our babies not only get to the big leagues, but become the main dudes in the big leagues. Yeah. And, you know, 2019 rolls around. We're in last place in the American League East. My family comes up in the summer to live with me. Uh, like I said, my wife is an educator, so we were afforded that opportunity that the kids could live with me in the summer. And and uh, my kid looks different. His voice is starting to change. I said, man, I'm I, I'm – I'm living this incredible journey. My family is as well, but I'm going to miss their entire upbringing. So started thinking about that a little bit. And out of the blue, uh, that offseason, the AD at Nova called me, someone that I had a relationship with. He goes, Laz, I know this is kind of crazy, but would you even consider the head coaching job here? And just because I was in that mental space of mm -hmm. wanting to be a full-time parent, I said, heck yeah, I'll consider it. So I took this humongous pay cut. I tell people my wife still sleeps with an eye open, not understanding <laughs> what I was doing at the time. But that in itself was a great journey, right? It got me back to the level that I loved uh, from the very beginning, which was college baseball. And and uh, that was a great journey. And, you know, I was a head coach, but also handled the pitching. And then, and then the summer happens. And and uh, 
you know, the job at Miami comes open. Uh, you know, JD obviously was 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 the best candidate for that job. And, you know, uh, we've always talked about this, right? Maybe not necessarily at Miami, but other opportunities that he had made that may have come his way. Uh, you know, we always talked about doing it together. And uh, we've always talked about pitching, bounced ideas off each other. Uh, and so I'm blessed, man. JD is, I've always seen him as an older brother. I've told people, you know, I look up to my father. I look up to my brother that's 11 years older than I am. And I looked up, looked up to JD and continue to look up to him. You know, he's, he's amazing, an amazing professional, but even a better person. Such a, such a cool story, Laz. I think, you know, one of the, 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 the really fascinating parts of the summer was, you know, throughout that job search was keeping it in the family. Right. And I think, JD continued that with with the higher, you know, with obviously your higher and, and now going into the season, it's it's so cool to see. I think, you know, I, I was telling Peter last week at the alumni event, it was awesome to see so many alumni back and, and you know, re-energized around the program, excited for this team. It's such a young club, but I think, you know, the mix of this family atmosphere, it's 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 so welcoming. It's so nice, you know, nice to be around, man. I, I was at the park all weekend. It was just it was just awesome to to see to see these guys performing. So really happy for you. Obviously, your journey, as you mentioned, was was tremendous. I mean, you bring so much, so much knowledge and experience, and, and I think, you know, your experience. You mentioned that you've, you know, as, as a scout, you're develop, you're not developing. You're trying to project. All of a sudden, you take, you know, into the, the collegiate level where you're getting these young, these young guys and, and sort of developing talent and, and and seeing them flourish as as their careers go on. So it must be such a such a cool journey for you. Um, I think we want to pivot a little bit and, and go into this weekend, Laz. Obviously, congratulations on the three and zero start. Um, you know, Friday night was a really exciting game. Um, the walk-off victory, Carlos Perez seals the deal in, in the bottom of the ninth there. And then the two on Saturday, really just really strong offensive performances. But from my perspective, the run prevention unit looked really good on Saturday, Laz. And I think you have to be really excited, you know, going forward with, with how the, you know, the staff rounded out. So how do you grade the performance this weekend? What were some things that you liked, some things you guys need to work on moving forward? Yeah, I think, Javi, you know, for us, it's going to be attacking the zone. Right. Right. I, we're, we're going to get hit. Right. That's why they have hits up on the board. And, and uh, you know, our job is to minimize damage and give our team an opportunity to win every game. And right. and if we look at that, I think we had in three games close to 40 strikeouts, 10 yeah. walks. I think our bullpen only allowed two runs the entire uh, series, which is our biggest concern. Right. That's our right. biggest question mark. You know, this. We're piecing together this bullpen with young young men and and guys that lack the experience. Even you know our back end, our closer is someone that's done at the college level, but he's done at the Division two level. And listen, there's very good baseball at that level, but this is a different animal. Yeah. And the expectations and the standards are are completely different. And every day that you walk to that stadium, these kids feel it. So, you know, I'm happy with how we started. You know, uh, obviously, you know, Gage is our number one and and he's the leader of our staff. He's the leader of our team. And, you know, he the first three innings, he was unhittable. And and listen, I don't want people to get lost with, oh, well, it's New Jersey Tech or Institution of Technology. This is a battle tested club, a lineup that we knew that that was going to to challenge us. Right. Uh, uh they are nothing, right? They're going to strike out, but they're yeah. going to hit the long yeah. ball. And, you know, those first three innings, Gage was completely dominant. We established a fastball. And then, 
you know, we 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 tried to 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 start mixing in the off speed and they were sitting off speed and and before you know it, you know, we were down one in that game, you know, and then we we obviously came back from a two run deficit. Uh, but again, if you tell me, hey, how do you map it out? You know, this is close to what we want, right? We right. we talk about we want to drive the bus. Plain and simple. We want to be the leaders of this team. We yeah. want to make sure that we set the tone. Uh, we were able to do that, and we want to make sure that that we don't walk guys and and that we we get quick out so that we we're efficient and and we're able to be in good position game after game, right? I mean, as you know, Friday, if you got to go to that pen early and heavy, that sets the tone for the rest of the weekend. And, and you know, weekend. college baseball is college baseball. It's not like you got 20 arms running out every day. You know, the, it's not as deep, and you got to make sure that the, that the boys maximize their opportunities. Right, right. No, and I think, I think you put it perfectly with Gage. It looked like, you know, it, it's – any outing is tough Friday night. Obviously, there's a lot going on. It's the first game of the season. It's a you know big atmosphere, and you got to give New Jersey Tech credit. I was sitting, I was sitting up close, and they were taking, they were swinging. They were not, they were not taking any, you know, there was no prisoner approach from their standpoint, and ran into a couple balls. But you know, I'm confident, and I'm sure you are as well. Gage will bounce right back. He did it last year, and then you know he's someone that is going to be the bulldog, the you know the, the front line starter for for this staff. And and I, I think I want to you know talk a little bit about the Saturday guys, Rafe and, and Herrick. I know that. You know, the lefties, uh, favorites of J.D. and Laz, uh, a couple of left-handers. And, and Rafe really looked apart, Laz. I know I know. last year he was, you know, his first two years he was used as a reliever. So I'd love to know a little bit about, you know, how you guys built him up to, to this starter role. He's got that, that funky arm slot. It always looks like, you know, he's throwing from behind a left-handed batter. He's got to be really tough to face. And then Herrick is someone that, you know, he looks like he's the, the star of the show out there, man. He's got total control. He's one of those guys that you could tell he's got a lot of bravado, pitches with a lot of – you know, a lot of passion and it looks like a Miami guy. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on both of those two guys. Hey, listen, Rafe, R- Rafe has been nothing but amazing. Yeah. Right. Since, uh, since I've been on campus, I mean, attitude wise, he balances gauge, you know, from a leadership standpoint, you know, uh, gauge is more stoic. He, he demands a lot and, and the counterbalance to that is Rafe, where he brings laughter and and delivers his message a little different. But I think Rafe's story goes back to last season. You know, I was lucky enough, or maybe unfortunate, to to watch a lot of Miami baseball that last month because we got knocked out early. So I was able to watch, you know, the ACC tournament and, and the regional, and I was blown away. I was blown away by the stuff, his ability to to attack the zone relentlessly to, you know, that low three-quarter slot, you know, you, you could command the arm side, right? You stay right. to that away from a righty into a lefty, you're able to command. But what he does special, he's able to go across the plate with yeah. it. And not not many guys from that slot do that as consistency consistently as he does. Uh, and that's impressive. And I think, you know, that finish that he had and, and that hard work that he put in to get to that point and obviously the work that J.D. with him, that propelled him to who he is today. And, yeah. you know, we build him up like every starter, right? And and that takes time, and that starts in the summer with their throwing program that goes into the fall and then the fall into the spring. And, and you know, again, you ask him, his arm never hurts. He's never sore, which is incredible, right? He may not be human, uh, and so 
you know, our approach was condition them like any other starter uh, and also simplify things, right? I think my experience has been that when we try to move relievers to starter roles, they think, whoa, now I'm a starter. Yeah. Now I got to pitch a certain way. I got to make sure I have all these pitches. I got to pace myself. And they put so many things in their heads that all of a sudden they become robots and the stuff is not as good. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we discuss with Rafe is, listen, you're closing the ninth inning every inning. Yeah. And that's how we looked at it. And if you're conditioned, we don't got to pace ourselves. Right. 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 And then to Herrick, you know, Herrick originally verbally committed to Nova Southeastern University. He was our first our first commitment from this past class. Uh, the great story about Herrick is. And it's amazing because you look the of the the feel he has for what he's doing for, you know, for doing with his craft on the mound. Uh, he looks like uh, this veteran. Uh, but the reality is this guy's only been pitching for two years. He played outfield at Hylia High. You know, last year was his first full season pitching. And you're an all, right? You're an all not because of the stuff, right? I mean, kids now, they condition and they train a certain way that if they have the God-given talent, that stuff is going to play up. But it's that demeanor on the mound, his feel for – Four pitches, really, and we only showcased three out of the four the other night. Uh, he controls the running game. He throws the fastball to both sides of the plate. Uh, he's able to throw the, the curveball slider change up whenever he wants for strikes, and you're just like, holy cow, I, I did this my entire life, and I never had feel like that. So we have a fresh arm on the mound with a – <laughs> with a veteran-like mentality, and, and it was impressive to see. And that's how he's been the entire time he's been here. Yeah, no, it definitely it definitely looked like he knew what he was doing out there. It didn't look like a guy who's only been pitching for two years, which I think is the most impressive part. Yeah. Last, transitioning a little bit, you had a bunch of you know debuts this weekend, which I think is one of the coolest parts of, of opening weekend, right? You get all these freshmen and, and you know guys that are new to the program go out there for their first time. I'm looking at Friday night. Obviously, Gage, you know, gets taken out probably a little earlier than he would have expected. You get Julian Hernandez and Nick Robert who both make their debuts as Miami Hurricanes and have tremendous outings. Can you talk a little bit about that um, and, and how they sort of settled the game down from a from a perspective of you know it was in the balance there. New Jersey Tech had you know some momentum on their side. Julian Hernandez really comes in and shuts the door on them. Yeah, Julian did a great job. Julian again. Uh was was Herrick Hernandez's teammate at Miami Day last year. He did a great job as Miami Day's uh closer. So he's he knows what it feels like and what you need to do when when you come in these dirty innings, right? Yeah. And and yeah. and be able to to get that hold and and give your team an opportunity to to win the game. And he did that, right? And, and again, it, it just goes back to attacking the zone getting ourselves in favorable counts. And then when we have an opportunity to put the hitter away, we put him away. Right. So, yeah. and he did that. And then big Nick Robert from Martin County. I mean, unknown uh, prospect, right. He committed late to Miami and yet he's showing up here. And when I tell you, Javi, this kid gets better every single time out. I mean, it it, it is a reality from, from day one to what he is now, uh, he was a boy. Now he's become a man, and and his consistency. He developed a two seamer. It's 
It's a hard sinker, uh, you know, and, and he's, again, similar to Herrick where uh, I don't want to say fearless, you know, because I think that's an overstated word and maybe it's not even real, but fear doesn't control him. Yeah. The situation doesn't control him. Yeah. Uh, he goes and attacks the zone and regardless of who it is, he's going to attack it and he, and he's going to be okay with with maybe giving up some contact, but it's going to be contact on the ground for the most part. Right, right, and that you know, hard sinker. We're gonna get we're gonna get Pete on the on the hard sinker train here. We keep talking about it because that's one of the things yeah. I'm sitting behind the plate, man. I love you know those those that that pitch is so hard to deal with as a big right hander like Robert is when he's got. It seems like he's just throwing bowling balls down at the plate, and it was it was really impressive to see Laz. Obviously, I'm excited for his career, his progression. Um, and, 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 you know, on Saturday night, Laz, we had one of those cool resilient stories of Miles Cabo coming out on the mound and pitching. And I thought that was one of the, you know, obviously you, you have a 3-0 weekend, but the the, find, the exclamation point was Miles coming in and pitching for the first time and, you know, better part of two seasons, over 700 days in, in rehab. And I've been there. I haven't been rehabbing, you know, not, that long of a, of a rehab stint, but it, it wears on you mentally and as a, as a, as a with your mental skills background. You definitely know how, how tough that is from – you know, competitor standpoint, watching your teammates go out there and compete, and you not being able to because your body's just not quite ready. What does that story mean to the staff? How how did how did that how did the locker room feel after that? And, and you know, understanding what he's been through and how long it took him to get back out there. You know, Miles is is such a team guy, and and he shows up every day to practice, encourages others. Always this amazing outlook in life, and to see the boys you know, respond to him being out yeah. there and then respond to to a good inning of work. And then, you know, afterwards when when JD highlighted that in our post team meeting, you know, standing ovation. And and it was emotional. Yeah. It was emotional. It caught me off guard. And you know, listen, the one thing since Miles has been back throwing this this spring, right? Because in the fall he did not participate in the fall he was on his rehab throwing program uh he saw a couple live hitters at the end of the fall but it was live ab's right so he's telling the hitter what's coming uh he comes back this spring this january and and all of a sudden it's like this guy had to miss a beat yeah if you look at his misses on the black and listen javi you know how we overuse hey throw it on the black like like if it's something that we could do every single time yeah. and they don't, they can't even do that in the big league. So yeah. it's fascinating to me. But when I tell you this guy was missing on the black and the reason I say this, obviously with all the technology that we have now and in these analysts, you look at these game summary printouts and you look at every single pitch and where, where it is located, he was missing on the black every time. So I was blown away by his command of the fastball, very advanced, uh, and then he's not afraid of competing. So to see the story, to know the kid, to see the boys respond to that, that to me uh, was very special. And I think those are the things that when you play sports and you're part of a team, those are the type of things that start making teams and groups special. Right. And, and, and hopefully that's one of them because it's an amazing story. No, definitely. I think, you know, especially early on in the season, you try and look for for teaching moments, right? I think with, with all these ball clubs, especially a young ball club like like you guys have right now and so many 
players on the rise. I think you, you point to a guy like Miles Cabo. That's something you can rally around, right? And obviously, mm-hmm. it speaks to itself. I'm sure there there was some dusty eyes in, in that locker room when, when he got that standing ovation. It's yeah. one of those things that you kind of wish you had a jersey. I wish I could go back there and relive that moment because I'm sure it was a – a tremendous experience for him and his family and, and, and all the guys in that, in that locker room. And uh, you know, what, what a special moment for, for this team early on. Uh, last, I want to touch on one thing. I know you mentioned early on in terms of development. I know that you have, you have a young club, you have a, a bunch of arms getting into games. How do you balance, you know, the development aspect of a young pitching staff with, you know, the, you know, winning games. And, and, you know, I, I point back to my freshman year thinking about, you know, there was some weekends where, I didn't even get up to warm up and, you know, staying mentally prepared. And all of a sudden, baseball's such a, you know, wonky game that from one weekend you're at the bottom of the depth chart pitching-wise, you could find yourself in a setup role on a Sunday or, and, you know, all of a sudden this opportunity presents itself. So how do you balance development? How do you keep your guys ready? How do you keep some of the staff engaged while they may not be getting the innings that some of them would be accustomed to at a high school level? Uh, listen, great question, right? And, and to me – this is one of the biggest challenges, if not the biggest challenge of college sports, right? Uh, whether it's football, whether it's baseball, you know, the, the reality is we have to develop, but we have to perform, you know, right. because we could do all the development in the world, but if we're not winning, you know, it, it's not going to work. And there's yep. going to be guys out of jobs, right? And that's just a fact. We look at professional baseball, you know, minor leagues, even though those stadiums are packed for the most part and it feels like like teams are out there for the win and they're going for the win and, and that's part of it. But the reality is you could go 0-30 and, and our guys get better. Mookie Betts gets better. Xander Bogarts gets better. Jackie Bradley gets better. That's all we cared about because we needed those guys to develop so that they could play at the big leagues, you know, and development – was king and winning only became a thing if you were in first place at the end of the season, then you start making roster moves so that you solidify that roster for the playoff run. We're here. We have to develop. Right. And we have to win. And, and we got to take both into account. Right. And so if you looked at our approach during the fall, you know, we, Maybe it was a little different than what's been done in, in the past uh, where we didn't just focus on the set plays and let's practice our bunt Ds and let's practice, you know, our first and thirds. It was let's develop the baseball IQ. Yeah. Let's develop that instinct. So so the way we mapped it out was maybe different than what uh, – had been done in the past. You know, J.D. did a great job with that. Darren Fenster did a great job with that. And, and uh, you know, on the pitching side, it was the same type of approach, right? Like, if you looked at our numbers in the fall, it, it didn't look pretty. But our, our we wanted to ensure that we got our hands on all the pitchers, that our pitchers got the reps that they needed. Not only the reps that they needed, but they worked on the things they needed to get better on. And so if he gave up five runs in that outing, but we worked on locating our fastball better and that goal was met, that was a win that day. Right. And so obviously now you get into the season, not everybody's going to pitch to your point. You know, you may not even get up to warm up uh, one series and then all of a sudden you're in there the next weekend. But I think that's where, where planning comes into play. This is where organization comes into play. 
and never losing sight of development as a key component. So, you know, I just finished last night, I finished completing our throwing program and it, it, for this weekend, it, every day is accounted for. Right. And if this kid doesn't pitch this day or this series, there's, there's an inner squad set up so that those guys get their, their, their innings in. And again, the approach is to make sure that we're developing and not focusing on just evaluate this guy and see right. if this guy does well in the center squad so that he can pitch the next day. No, right. it's it's very detailed. Hey, if he focuses on these three points and he makes strides in these three points, then, you know, let's integrate them into, into that group of pitchers that are getting their live reps. And that's only basing it on, hey, he struck out three guys in a scrimmage, but you know, is he controlling the running game better? You know, is right. he throwing fastballs for strikes? And so I think staying organized, having development at the very top alongside performance and allowing those two metrics or dimensions to live together, which they can, uh, is incredibly important. Coach, I'm curious because we've talked, obviously, about your background at the professional level Coach Fenster, who you just mentioned as well, coming from the Red Sox. It's something that I have talked to with guys like Javi, who have played both collegially and professionally, is just the diff- some of the differences in terms of how pro teams practice, some of the things that are worked on day to day, right? And obviously, you having been at that level, Coach Fenster as well, is there anything you guys – think you're you've brought to the table in terms of a day-to-day approach jd's been in college obviously he understands how it works at the next level as well but what sort of things do you think are kind of being integrated in there that look college baseball has become a business all college sports has obviously with nio and, and things of that nature but the game itself and develop we've talked a lot about development right anything from the pro level that you kind of came in and said, look, I, I think maybe these are some things we could potentially add to the mix here. Yeah. Listen, I, I, J.D. is an amazing baseball guy, and and I think one of the things he realized early on, or not realized early on, I think he's always believed in this, right? It's it's Let's not have this group thinking or group thought mentality that if he says something, that's the only thing that we're going to do. Uh, let's challenge each other's ideas. And hell, you know, I'm, he challenges me every day and we think about it. He challenges Fenster every day. And Fenster, Fenster's been a manager at, at up to the AA level. He's been the minor league coordinator for base running. You know, uh, he's been in the big leagues as, as a first base coach when he needed to sub in for a couple uh, for our first base coach there. But yet Fenster having all this knowledge, we're challenged every day. And and we also challenge JD and Rob Cooper. That's was a head coach for 19 years is in that mix. Jonathan Anderson as well. So what I, what I take number one is that this group thinking mentality does not exist in our program. And that's because of our leader, right? JD, our doesn't want that. He wants to ensure that we challenge each other. So, have we come in there and overhauled? No, right? I think 
I think this program has always been in a good place, right? But we need to continue to evolve and and continue to to add wrinkles and 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 continue to develop as professionals. Uh, so a lot of the things were, hey, yeah, we believe in this. Why not add this wrinkle to it? And so to give you case in point, we're preparing for the fall. And Javi will tell you, you know, I think in college, you know, we focus on fundamentals and we focus on skill development. You know, hey, how do we get the swing better? How do we get this arm to work better? Uh, you know, our bunt Ds, you know, like these preset plays. And we went away from that because we've realized or we came to the realization even back in 2020, 12 when I was the coordinator of player development was our domestic kids were signing and they did not have baseball IQ, right? They were, now that we're more similar to, to our Latin American international players where they don't play organized baseball when they're younger, they, their agent just takes them to different academies to professional teams and hey just throw 100 in this bullpen and somebody's going to sign you hit the ball 500 feet and somebody will sign you right so uh and then once they sign is when you professionalize them and, and, and taught them these fundamentals well because of travel sports and the 12 billion dollar industry that that has become and kids are playing tournament after tournament after tournament and they're going to these performance centers and all they're working on is on their skills. Hey, your swing needs to look this way. But they're not learning the fundamentals and the IQ of, of being a good baseball player, right? Yeah. And, and having those that intangible of, hey, I know what to do with the baseball. So our approach was we were going to make sure that our guys understood the game by – throwing different situations at them by letting it get messy. Oh my God, that just looked horrible. This guy didn't even know where to line up for this throw. This guy threw the ball over here. and We didn't even have the cutoff set up in that direction. We allowed it to be messy. And then we were able to teach off of that. And then, so when we get those live reps and they see those action cues and they see these different situations, well, then all of a sudden, come back in January when we threw these different situations at them without saying anything, they knew exactly where to go with the baseball. They knew exactly pitches to swing at in certain situations. Doesn't mean that they're going to be successful hitting the ball every time, but they knew, hey, runner second and third, nobody out. This is my job. And, and, and so, again, not to say that that wasn't worked on here before. It probably was, right? Baseball is baseball. But maybe, you know, the rearrangements or rearranging the focus a little is maybe something that we brought. You know, I, I could tell you from a pitching standpoint, you know, I'm always talking about A, B, and C, and, and my, my verbiage is different. And then JD's talking about A, B, and C, the same thing, and his verbiage is different. So even from that standpoint, you know, uh, just bringing in a new lingo, uh, maybe even looking at recruits a little differently, you know, uh, you know, using our our this incredible network that I was lucky to be part of of all these scouts that are international across the country. So you know, and using them to to help us with 
different eyes on recruits that we 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 have identified. So again, I think what's exciting here, and I'm a little biased, is bringing in this different perspective that doesn't make it better or worse, right? But it's different. And yeah. and the biggest challenge in college baseball is, and, and we've all experienced this, is that you're surrounded by the same guys every single day. Hmm. So the philosophy is going to be the same every single day. The thought is going to be the same. And so JD's created this culture of let's question everything. Hmm. And we did that from day one, and 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 hope, hopefully it's going to to help us be better. Coach, I know Javi has a couple more questions for you, but I'll let Brad hop in here uh, real quick. No, he had some things to ask you. Laz, what's up, brother? Good seeing you, man. What's up, Brad? La- last time I saw you, like we were saying before the show, man. Last time I saw you, we were playing some Madden. But uh, you know, you, you talk a little bit about. You know, opportunities, families, you know, baseball is baseball. But as you know, I'm a football guy, right? And just knowing how the everything came about with Alex Maribald, Coach Cristobal, you know, you talk about, you know, starting out at Alabama, going to FIU, going to Oregon, now going all the way back to Miami, where it all started. Talking earlier to you about you and JD, you know, it's in a similar situation. You guys started out at UM. You know, you guys went your different ways, and you guys are now back here at Miami. I know baseball is baseball, but there has to be those moments where you, either you lay your head down at night, you wake up early in the morning, and that extra drive, that extra umph within your heart to know and to believe that this isn't just baseball, baseball anymore. This is your alma mater, and this is your baby, right? What does it mean for you and JD personally to want the strive? Uh, of making Miami baseball great again. What, what does that mean to you? means everything, right? I mean, aside from family, I mean, this is it for us, right? This is our community. This is where we grew up. This is, these are the colors that we bleed. Um, this is a dream opportunity. And, and when I tell you, when it went down with JD, even though, even though the process took – you know, it took its course and it took some time as it should, right? If you're going to hire the right guy, there should be no rush. But once the decision was made, you know, my family was leaving. We were, we had this trip planned to Arizona, Alaska. JD gets the job the day before. Next day, I got to drop off my family in the airport. They're gone for 12 days. I stay back and it's go time. And it's goal time because this place is special. And it is going to take that extra step, not because this place isn't a bad place, because it hasn't been. And, you know, I, I guess your, 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 your past success, you know, sets you up for failure. And what I mean by that is, you know, you still win 40-plus games, you host regionals, and it's still not enough, right? And that's because the expectations are so high and so great. But, man... Now, now you're you're back home. You're working with someone for someone that you would put everything on the line for, and 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 I, I don't say that to say that. That's a fact. You know, whatever happens here, that guy will always be someone that will always be special to me because he always has been that mentor to me. Uh, he's been that big brother to me. So, Brad, to your point. Aside from family, this is it. 
this is beyond a dream job, beyond a dream opportunity. And I know I'm speaking for JD when I say this, there's nothing greater than we, that we want is to make sure that, that we represent this program the right way and we win a world, uh, a world series title and, the, and anything less than that, it's going to be incomplete. That's what I like to hear, man. I know, I know, I know the friends and family of yours are very happy that you're back in Miami, man. It's good uh, seeing and talking to you. Yeah. Thank you. It's a lot of music to my ears, man. That was a, I, I don't, I don't know if there's anything that we could possibly add on to that, that final statement, man. I think, I think this program has been longing to, to be, you know, resurrected back in the place in, in college baseball that it should be. And that's an Omaha year in and year out. And I know, JD's got the blueprint. I know you have the blueprint. It's in your DNA. You guys, we grew up watching you guys going to Omaha and, and all those successful teams. So I know the, the 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 course is charted. It's just about, you know, getting getting all the sales and getting all the, the guys on board and rowing in the same direction. And, you know, I think we want to just, you know, end, end the conversation here today, Laz. I know we got, you know, four more home games this week. We got a game against UCF on Wednesday night, a familiar foe, in-state foe. I always say Miami plays a really tough midweek schedule you know you, you know we always look forward to the friday saturday sunday games and into conference play and all this and the other but these midweek games are important they're they're big they're big contests it's going to be a ucf club that's you know hungry to come in here i know they had a couple rainouts this weekend so we're going to see a team that we don't have a whole lot of film on and a new head coach new coaching staff so can you talk a little bit about ucf and then looking forward into the weekend on liu a little bit about what we can expect from those ball clubs yeah, I just finished my scouting report, actually, on, on UCF. Listen, talented, talented team. And I think the one thing, when we played here in Miami in the 90s, you played these midweek games and it was just, hey, let's get our reps in and let's beat right. these guys by 20 runs. College, you know, we college baseball, the landscape has changed completely. Parity, everybody. You know, everybody there's such a high level of parity. Yeah. Uh, you know, we looked at this team that we just played last night or this past weekend, and, and we talked about how those kids in the north now stay in the north. They don't yeah. necessarily have to come down south, and they, you know, they're they're teams that if you don't show up, you're going to get beat. And so, to you know, now you're talking about these states, you know, in-state rivals midweek, you know, that that want to beat the Power Five school, that want right. to beat the big boys. They're going to give you their best. And so we got to be ready. This is a very athletic team that hits the ball very well. Uh, and we got to make sure we go out there and, and, and we execute like we did this past weekend and, and, and understand that we're in for a dogfight. And, yeah. you know, UCF on top of having to come down and play Miami, again, that, that chip in their shoulder, even their – I guess they're power five now as well, but that chip on the shoulder with with one of the leg playing against one of the legacy programs, they only play one game this weekend. So, you know, are they going to throw their number two? Are they going to throw number three? We don't we don't know. So um, that in itself, offensively, is going to be a challenge. And you know, Fenster today is putting together that that scouting report of the pitchers that we may see, and we're trying to who are they going to throw? We don't know. You know, so. Um, and then we got LIU, I think very similar, same conference as New Jersey Tech. Uh, again, they this is a club that's going to come out and compete. Uh, this is their World Series. Uh, they want to make sure they come out and, and give it their best. And they're going to have blue-collar players that are going to have a chip on their shoulder, and they're going to try to win. 
Laz Gutierrez, man, it's been awesome talking to you today and kind of introducing you to the Canes fans out there who, you know, they, they followed your story and your journey up to this point, but now obviously back home here and got to remind the fans to pack the light this year, as always, one of the best atmospheres in college baseball out there. It's best place to take the family, you know, on a Friday, Saturday night. And uh, why not? These midweek games are always are always exciting. Uh, Javi over here had a had an had a nice uh, midweek performance back in his uh, yeah. day against Villanova. So I you see never that know. plaque every day in the office. <laughs> yeah, that's, you why, never, that's why you show up to the park, man. You never know what you're going to get in these games, and <laughs> you know who better than play UCF? We have a doubleheader on Wednesday night, so the fans that are going to the basketball game against Duke come out a little early, go to catch a couple innings of the baseball game. They sell beer at the park now, so you get <laughs> go to the basketball game and <laughs> a nice little note. <laughs> Coach, man, really appreciate your your time today and best of luck this season. And obviously moving forward, we're all excited to see this team grow and the program continue to grow under your leadership with JD, with Coach Fenster, with all the guys over there as well. So best of luck to you and thank you once again. Thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. I appreciate everything you guys do. And, and obviously – you know, you're you're the guys that promote this program, right? Not only baseball, the entire athletic program, and this has become such a valuable thing. You know, before you, we were lucky. When I was growing up, you were lucky if you could catch one game on TV, and you would have to go to the back of the Miami Herald to get any information. And now we got guys like you with this amazing podcast that allows us to promote our program as well. So thank you, guys. Appreciate the kind words. Thanks,